from our respective apartments. It's just meaningful plastic. Here are the hosts and judges, Katie Claire Knobber and Chris Dockham Goodman. Welcome, friends, to a very special episode of Just Meaningful Plastic. We have finished talking about season two, and before we get to season three, it is our incredible, amazing, surprise interview of yet another former pro. Woo! We did it, Chris! We got America's sweetheart! She is a delight. She is, some might say, a master. She is an all-American girl. She She is is the lady known as A. It is Ashley Costa, nay Del Grosso. I snap for that, Christopher. Rather than bore you with introduction things, we might as well get right into the interview. Before you hear it, just a slight note. Because we are recording still in these quarantine times, the quarantines, if you will, there might have been a couple Zoom issues at times uh, and some small audio things. So just be prepared. It's not a perfect listen, but I think Ashley more than makes up for it with her verve, her bubbliness, her excitement. And she might spill the tea. Oh, Master P. So much PT. Join us, won't you? <laughs> Welcome back to a super, super special, exciting podcast episode of Just Meaningful Plastic with us today, America's sweetheart, Ashley Delgrosa Costa. Welcome, Ashley! Well, thank you! I'm really <laughs> excited to be here. I actually was, like, really excited about this interview. I've been looking forward to it all week, so it's um, fun. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. We, we are so excited to have you. Um, were you aware that you were and are still America's sweetheart? <laughs> no. I knew like when I booked the show and I know when they were finding like certain parts, you know, they needed certain characters for certain parts that we have to play. They were looking for the all American girl type. And so that's one thing that I did know when they first sought me out was they wanted the all American girl. Did I realize it was going to be like what it was? No, but, um, but I was grateful for that because yes, that's that's what I am, the all-American girl. So I guess or the sweetheart. I like that. <laughs> that we have good. dubbed you from the jump, America's sweetheart. Like we watched season one, episode one, and we were like, she is it. She is the all-American America's sweetheart. So did how did that work that you got on season one? Did they approach you? Did you approach them? Or how talk us through that process? So how I actually got on the show, I um, at the time was living in Utah and my coach was Louis Van Amstel and I was actually teaching at my mom's studio and um, I was in the middle of a lesson and he literally walks into my lesson and he had his phone up to his ear and he's like, Ashley, you need to come out here and take this phone call. I'm like, Louis, I'm teaching. He goes, no, you come out here and take this phone call. So I went outside and um, it was Matilda who was the casting agent of Dancing with the Stars at the time. And she just 
talked to me on the phone, just said, hey, we're starting a new, new TV show and Louis spoke highly of you. Is there a chance that you can come to LA and do an interview so we can actually meet you in person? And I was like, sure, but I need to double check with my mom to see if, you know, I had classes that I was teaching and actually I didn't have any money actually to fly to LA. So I had to call my parents and ask them if they can book me a ticket. This was on a Friday. They wanted me to be there on a Monday. And of course my parents right away were very, um, they were totally on board, very supportive and booked me a ticket, flew me to LA by myself. I rented a car for the first time by myself and drove in LA trying to find the CBS studios to do this interview. So I pull in and you know, they're like, who are you? I'm like, well, I'm actually, I'm here to have an interview for Dancing with the Stars. So I pull in and I go right to the trailer where um, they were all set up for their offices. And I walk in and the first thing like Matilda says to me is, do you have one of your Latin costumes? And I said, yes. She goes, well, you just put that on and then we're gonna have an interview. And my first thought was, well, when you actually do a dance like show, you should actually dance for them to actually audition. You usually do that. 99% of the time you actually dance to get a dance part, right? And that was not the case. They wanted to just interview me. So I sat down in front of the camera and they interviewed me and just asked me questions and in, in a Latin costume, let alone like as dancers, we're not trained to do interviews, we're trained to dance. That's how we like sell our talent is to dance. And when I got up and got done, they were like loving me. And I was so confused. I was like, okay, I was just myself, but whatever. I just, you know, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't get it. And I went back home to Utah and three days later, I got a call and they're like, Ashley, we want you for the, we want you for the show. That, is and that first season, um, there was only three women and I didn't know how many women actually were auditioning. I had no clue. I, but later to find out there were over 300 plus people trying to audition for this part. And here I was like, oh, but they, I mean, they saw also, cause they were looking for a certain role. Like they had, um, who was it? Charlotta, who was just, you know, the English, beautiful, like blonde. They had, um, um, oh, Edita, then who's the Russian. And then they needed the American. And so I guess that was me. And um, it was such an honor because we all competed against each other. We all know each other very, very well. Um, so it's no shocker when we are all together is even Louis. Louis was on there and he's the whole reason I got on the show. And actually the reason why a lot of dancers got on the show was because of Louis' connections. So that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> How much experience had you had teaching? I know you said you were um, working in uh, your family's studio uh, and obviously you had competed um, around. So how much teaching had you done before Dancing with the Stars? Um, I've done a lot of teaching, actually. I started teaching at the age of 16 um, at my mom's studio. It's called Center Stage Performing Arts School. That's where Derek Huff and Julianne all came out of. Evren um, from the past for normal seasons now, Lindsay Arnold, Whitney Carson. In fact, I was their teacher. Um, Jenna Johnson. They all came from the studio. Brandon, who else is from our studio? There were so many of us that came from Center Stage. I was the guinea pig first, though, so in Ballroom was first introduced to center stage. My mom was like, okay, you're gonna try everything. So I was the first to do it. And because it stuck and we were successful, not just in ballroom, but in every dance form, 
we kept going. And so the younger generations had an opportunity to train just as much as I did. So I started teaching at 16 and um, had a lot of experience. And so by the time I got on the TV show, I was 22. So I I knew how to teach and um, I knew how to teach all forms of dance. In fact, my first form was tap. I didn't teach ballroom, I was teaching tap. So it kind of helped. And then it helped me interact with the, whoever I was going to be teaching. I didn't teach many non-dancers. So that comes with a whole new skill when you're teaching somebody who can't even count the music. Um, that's something else. So yeah, but I had, a, I had quite a bit of experience. So with the experience with teaching then, is are, are you also choreographing as part of teaching? So like, how do you approach choreographing all of the different routines on the show? And like, do you do, do you teach them all in one week or is it kind of you're teaching constantly or like, how does that work for, for you on the show? So for me, so for instance, the very first season, they actually gave us six weeks to train. Every season prior after that though, they cut it in half. And so the first very season I was teaching Joey as many dance styles as possible. And we knew we were gonna to get to all 10 and I was the United States 10 dance champion. So I knew how to do ballroom very well and I knew how to do Latin very well. Um, I did all of my own Latin choreography all by myself back then. You, you couldn't have any help. Like now they have people come in to help them that was not the case. We all did our own. When it came to the standard, I knew my part. I just didn't know exactly the gentleman. So my standard coaches lived in LA and I would meet with them just privately and on my own dime. And I would work with them and they would help me create. So I knew what the footwork was, but I then had to teach it all by myself. So I, we weren't allowed to have any help where now they do they bring in people who or like ghost choreographers, I guess, that come in. <laughs> and so we had to do it all. Um, I actually really appreciated learning that skill because that was a skill that I, I'm a perfectionist in technique and I'm really good at cleaning. But when it was coming to choreographing a routine, um, I had to learn to do that. So, but I had to do it. That's Were there any styles that you had to choreograph that you felt way more overwhelmed by or were you like you know what this is all the same level we're just rolling with it um I feel like I've maybe a little bit of the standard I would feel like okay I need to make sure I'm piecing certain things together like the tango making sure certain aspects of even with the music because you can't really close you're, you're in closed hold the whole time so I, we had to kind of get creative with that, where in the Latin you had open hold and you can actually do so much more um, choreography wise, using the stage and everything. Um, it wasn't so much of like not knowing, I actually loved the challenge and would just go with it. And so that was great. Nowadays, I mean, I, I was the only one cross trained. So if they were like, okay, do a jazz piece, of course I'd totally be on for it. The dancers now, when they're telling them to do a hip hop, a lyrical, contemporary and jazz, they have no clue how to do that. They don't even know where to begin. Um, and they're the professionals, right? They're trained specifically in ballroom, not other styles. So I was lucky to have that, you know, in my genre that I knew actually how to do all forms. So it wasn't really nerve wracking as much. 
it's it's so fun listening to this because I think of like you and Joey and I do remember you just being like I am so technical when it comes to the dances and like is it is it hard to I don't I don't know the right way of phrasing this not lower your standard but is it hard to kind of realize like okay maybe this isn't going to be as technical as I would like and maybe this isn't up to my standard or is it just so ingrained in you where you're like get it well I think it was kind of both like with Joey he can get it mm-hmm. um because he had some sense of movement he knew how to catch on to choreography so for him, I was making it really difficult. So yeah, for Joey, I was like, come on, you just you just got to do it. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to dumb it down for you. And I know you can do it. But then my other celebrities, I mean, I had, I had to just not do exactly everything I wanted to do. <laughs> I, I couldn't and I, which was fine. I learned how to simplify, which was kind of difficult because it's hard to do sim- just to be simple. It's mm-hmm. quite difficult because you can do so much when it comes to doing things difficult or um, more intriguing. It's really quite hard to just keep it simple, mm-hmm. um, but it can be effective if you learn how to do it. So I then had to learn from Master P on how to just be a little bit more effective, I guess, in being simple. Yeah. So. Yeah. How was it adjusting your expectations from going from season one where you had Joey who was early on like a front runner to mm-hmm. later partners that maybe had less skill that were older that didn't necessarily have the ability to do these things that say Joey could yeah it was very good question it was hmm, I'm not gonna lie it was really hard mm-hmm. and sometimes it just sucked it did I was I liked working with the people but it was really hard to go from Joey. And then second season, I was originally supposed to have little Romeo mm-hmm. and he bailed. And then I had his dad and then nobody knows actually this, this is behind the scenes. So you guys are like one of the first, I was secretly, I was secretly coaching David Carradine from Kill Bill. He was the main character. And so he and I had two routines together already. He had a full cha-cha and he was learning the second routine because Master P would never show up. So he wouldn't even come. He didn't even make it to the band call. And so they had me secretly teach David just in case Master P decided not to come. And so that season, I went from season one, which is amazing, to season two, literally having three partners. And then Tom Bergeron, who was my fourth. Oh, thank you. So, yeah. Oh so no one knows, no one knows. And we have footage of David and I dancing. He had the coolest Kung Fu moves like in our cha-cha. And I think it was Kung Fu Fighting. I think that could have been the, the song we actually were dancing to. Um, yeah, it was, I think so. But, but then, and actually, if you go back and you see the very first episode of season two, David Carradine is sitting in the audience because he was actually in a costume ready to come on in case Master P didn't show up. And that's, nobody knows that. That's like way behind the scenes that they're like, nope. Um, so yeah, 
my jaw is on the floor right now. I literally, I cannot imagine being him and being like, hey, we want you here in case he doesn't. And like for, oh my gosh, for you to have to deal with that too, where you're like, am I dancing with Pete? Am I dancing with, oh my goodness. It was, it was my, that's why at the end when Master P and I got, you know, basically, America didn't excess. The producers were finally like, you know what? We can't take it anymore. Um, we we got to get him gone. And so they were like, we're going to just, you'll be the ones. I mean, if you notice, never again after Master P and I did they actually sit down a couple and have an interview after they were eliminated. With Master P and I, they sat us down and had a full interview. I mean, chairs and everything. They've never done that since with a couple who's gotten eliminated, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I feel like we got to get into the P stuff just so we can kind of address the elephant in the room. Go for mm-hmm. it. We're, we're going to move. Wild. So, Chris, you go. You go. Yeah, because I, I am bored right now. <laughs> I guess on the interview topic, because yeah. this, this does tie in um, to Master P, would you be prepped on different questions that you would be asked like either right after the dances were done say before that elimination okay and that's what we figured because i don't know if you recall this um in the last episode that master p is actually in after the possi- the eight scoring pasa doble both you and master p are asked by samantha harris P, do you want to be here? And you just seemed so uncomfortable in that moment. It is the most glorious thing you'll ever watch. <laughs> I have to go back and see it. I, I just remember, because it's to this day, the lowest score in history on the show. Yes. It's yes. this, this Paso. Yes. And I mean, he literally wouldn't show up for practice. We would have a four hour practice set and he would show up the last 45 minutes. <laughs> And I would have to be there for the, like, literally the whole four hours. So yeah. I would show up and instead of like, I'm like, I already know how to dance. I already have all our stuff prepared. I'm a very, like, very prepared. So I started learning the, how do you use your camera? How do you like the producers? I was asking them, so let me learn what you do because, you know, eventually I married my husband. That's how we met. He was my film producer on season one he's joey's the whole reason why we're together is because of joey so i knew my husband know how to knew how to do but i just was curious because i had to sit and wait and then when he would show up he would show up with such attitude and i think i was like one of the first people to literally tell him to go to the corner and start walking and practicing his walks because no one's really told him what to do because you don't do that to master Uh p and to me i'm like (laughs) you're so disrespectful. You come in, you don't respect my time. How do you think I can respect you if you don't respect me mm-hmm. in any way? Um, kind of towards the end, um, we had kind of a mutual respect where I finally was like, you know, our jive, I wore a hat. I did all these, um, sorry, honey, mommy's on an interview. <laughs> this is my youngest. Hey, you want to quickly say hi? This is Sammy. He's my Hi. baby. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm just hanging out with mom for a little bit. No, but go ask daddy. Daddy's in the kitchen. Lately. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Life of a mother of four. So, um, yeah. So Master P would then show up late. So very first of like the cha-cha, he gave me six hours total. 
and he basically just marched around and I was so devastated because I always want to put my best foot forward. And at mm-hmm. the time when we got eliminated as dancers, we don't get paid anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he is a millionaire. It doesn't matter to him if he got whatever. To me, this is my livelihood. And for him not to even care just a little bit was so irritating because I mean, what human does that to another human being? I just was so but I learned to love him and I learned to teach him at his level and to speak his language. I mean, I had to change our, our quick step to his basketball language. So he understood what I was trying to say. Um, so I actually did learn a lot from teaching him. Um, and, and then when we did our PASO and I already knew right after that, I was like, we got the lowest score. There's no possible way. Cause this is his, this is what he would say to me. Like we would get off the floor and he's like, don't worry, I got this. Well, come to find out, like apparently he bought all of these telemarketing companies that would just call in our number. And I was like, okay. So somehow we kept coming back. And the, even the judges were like, you still have the lowest score. How are you being called back? And that's when like the producers were like, we just can't, I mean, they, They'll probably deny it, but they, that's like the truth. Like I had a friend who came in and approached me and was like, just beware. And they never do this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? It's just for the best. And then, um, cause he still was doing his thing. I mean, we were even standing there and he'd be served papers on the spot of being like sued. And I was like, <laughs> what am I in? I'm in this like crazy world. So, I mean, those are just like the reality of what happened that season that I was like dealing with. He wouldn't wear the shoes I gave him. He mm-hmm. chucked him across the floor. I mean, who does that? But he did come to Utah and he did meet my family and he was very respectful to my dad. He, um, in fact, when he came to Utah, I was, I remember driving in the car because um, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And some people like nickname us Mormons. We don't really like to be, but he thought he was like, I thought, He's like, but wait, you don't wear bonnets? Like, I thought you guys walk around with bonnets on. I'm like, since when did you ever see me once wear a bonnet on my head walking around? I don't know. We had some funny moments together. But um, he, towards the end, he, he was very respectful. In fact, there were times that before we'd go on, we would pray together. And he was very, like, those moments I remember very distinctly because I was like, oh, you, we, we know, like you were just trying to be really hard, but in deep down, he was so soft and just actually very sweet and tender when he had to kind of let his guard down a little bit. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it does. Where he can be his own person and not have this persona being Master P. He was, um, that was the man that I got to know, which was cool because it was different than the man who started the show. And I, I really enjoyed seeing that part of him because not many people probably can. I don't know. I know he's like doing some other things. Like he wanted to come out with like some more shoes of his. I'm like, I'm not going to be associated with your shoes. Sorry. <laughs> you, you pitched that every single one of one of our things is like his, his P shoes, whatever those, the shoe brand he was plugging in every time. But yeah, I kind of went on a tangent. I'm sorry. Oh, this is exactly what we're here for. Um, <laughs> since you mentioned the trip to Utah, was that something that 
you proposed? Was that something that the show said, hey, here's what we want for your package this week? How did that come about? How do any of the packages come about? Well, the greatest thing is the producers will have ideas and they will approach us and say, hey, what do you think about this for the package this week? We're trying to come up with a story. And because Ms. Uh, Master P would always say, I'm doing it for the hood. I'm doing it for my hood. I'm doing it for Cousin Katrina. Um, I think it was kind of mutual. I said, hey, let me, I want to bring him to my hood. <laughs> Not really a hood. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, but I, I wanted him to kind of see a little bit of where I came from and, um, and just a little bit about my own life because there wasn't many opportunities that we actually had to kind of discuss it. So they asked and then, and we were like, yeah, we'll totally do it. And in fact, that flight flying to, to Salt Lake, um, I'm an early bird. So I always show up very early to the airport. I do not like to be stressed. And I'm sitting there with my field producer. Um, and he and I, his name's Joe. He's actually the executive producer now of Dancing with the Stars. Okay. And at the time he wasn't. And so he and I are sitting there waiting the doors are shutting literally within seconds. And so I finally get on and I see like Master P finally running. <laughs> this is like, he literally is running down the hallway. I'm holding the door open with my foot and the lady's like, excuse me, you can't do that. You can be arrested for holding the door. And I'm trying to just keep it open for him to get on the plane. Cause if he missed it, then there goes the whole package of us going to Utah. Cause uh -huh. then he missed it. So, and I'm a rule follower. I don't like to break rules. I like <laughs> to get on, you know? And I was like holding the door and she's like, you can be arrested for even touching the door. And I'm just like, you know, like, look at what I'm doing for you. I'm trying to get him on. That was the beginning of going to Utah. <laughs> and we get to Utah and we're driving and that's when he asks me like, oh, I thought you were all in bonnets. And I'm like, okay, you clearly don't know much about the history of, of even I mean Utah not many people do unless you live in Utah I loved showing him it and I loved the fact like my dad did ask him to pray when we had our dinner together and my dad made his special spaghetti sauce because it's really amazing um and it was like the first time he took his hat off in respect and I was quite like thank you like you do, you have it. That that was the moment where even my dad loved talking to him and, and he was, he let his guard down for that second of just being home with my family because there's eight children at the time. And actually all eight of us, we luckily got all eight of us, I think, believe in that episode, all eight of us were in that one. Um, and then he and I were able to practice at my studio, my mom's studio. And it was actually a very great trip. Um, I believe it was our Paso because that's what we were preparing for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was it after that. Like, and then I started working with Tom Bergeron right after that moment. But yeah, it was great. Do you think Master P wanted to be on the show? No. Okay. I, I actually, though, one great thing about Master P is he's a man of his word. And because little Romeo did sign the contract, they held him to it. And I really do believe Romeo was just a little too young at the time. And it was quite scary. And he was trying to get through school and he was trying to do the show. I mean, they said he got injured in a basketball thing. I don't, 
can't say or confirm if that happened. Yeah, in quotations. I just think I think that he just couldn't do it, but they committed. And so Master P was like, fine, I'll step up. I mean, he is a full foot and a half taller than me, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like dancing with someone that I'm in the highest hill I could possibly be in. And he's like, <laughs> this life, I don't even know how tall he is. I literally would look up to like dance with him. Um, but he did commit and he did say that I committed to this, so I'm going to do it regardless if he wanted to be there or not. Um, cause everyone knew he didn't. I mean, you could tell just by his energy that he really didn't. And in fact, um, Jerry Rice, I remember lining up and he came up behind me when Master P didn't show up for camera blocking and he just apologized. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, why are you apologizing? Aww. for this man like he should be held responsible for his own actions mm -hmm. but others did see it they're like we could see what you're going through like joey was a walk in the park compared and it was only second season it wasn't yeah. like you know later season so mm -hmm. yeah how much time had you actually practiced with romeo before allegedly he disappeared yeah. Good question. Um, I think it was about three weeks. I actually was practicing with Romeo, but he kept like, just like his dad, he would commit to these certain hours. A couple of them he didn't even show. He wouldn't show. And, and then, so then when his dad came, I had two weeks to get him ready. And that's when he only gave me six hours to get him ready where I had every day I had four hours. So if you get four hours and you know, a whole week, let alone a week, you can get really prepared, but so, yeah. yeah. Was it hard to get jazzed for the live show? I mean, I feel like you had to go into it just like, what is going to happen today? <laughs> yeah, I mean, one great thing, though, with dancing in that season, it was like one of the first times they let the pros do what we do. And so there were times I looked so forward to that. I would, it just would make my whole week. So I would, I would know what Master P and I would have to do, but I would, you know, it's my job. So I would work with him, but I would be really excited to do the other part of dancing or our other forms and dancing with an actual pro. So to me, I just kind of roll with the punches. I mean, that's, I was raised that way is you just, the show must go on and you must not show that you are, you know, sick of it or, or frustrated. You still need to perform and I'm a natural performer. So I would, I would just tune all that other stuff out and I would just cameras turn on and, you know, here's my smile. I got it. Even if it sucks, I'm still just smile and nod, like all is well. It's America's sweetheart at, <laughs> at its finest. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, you said you started working with Tom right after Masterpiece Elimination. How did that process begin? How did it all go? Walk us through it. <laughs> um, it's actually one of my favorite moments ever of being on the show. So right after Masterpiece and I got eliminated, I, I want to say it was that night. I wasn't as devastated, but I was just, I was kind of frustrated because I'm like, now I'm out of work. Like I'm not getting paid anymore. I just got eliminated. Tom approached me and just said, Hey, 
I want to go through what the dancers, the celebrities have to go through. And he's like, and I want to do it with you. Would you mind teaching me? And I was like, yes, are you kidding me? Like, I love Tom. He's like my California dad. And, and he was such an opposite of masterpiece. So we would set up time, say I would have three hours to work with him. He would actually show up a half an hour early and he'd be ready to go by the time. And I'm always there early too. So I would show up about 15 minutes early. He was always there before me. He was, he had his shoes on, he was warmed up. He had an idea of what, like we both created our dance together. He wanted to do like a Charlie Chapman type of fill. And then we, um, we did a quick step. I was so surprised when he's like, I want to do a quick step. I'm like, of all of them, a quick step. That's just, it's not my, I like it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and he, he is a brilliant learner and he, he caught on quickly. He was an excellent student. He was so funny that I went from such despair from one end to laughing so hard. My face hurt me working with Tom and it was such a highlight. Like he, I would, I just loved it. I really just loved working with him and I loved, um, even our performance, like preparing for it the whole time he was just such a professional and it turned that whole season around to being the worst to being one of my favorite to actually be on that's so awesome I feel like that's whether that's really how it was or not like I feel like that was Tom wanting to make it good for you you know like that just that screams Papa Berger on to me <laughs> yeah and he really is that though you know some people are a different character on the screen than they are off no he is that He's, he's genuine. He's funny. He cares. He really does care. And, and I just, I, I just really enjoyed like the fact that I can even be part of that and know him like that. And so many people do know Tom, like we'll go place. Like, oh, that's Tom Bergeron. And he's just happy. There was no ego that he had, not that he was better than anybody else. Um, he taught me like how to meditate because he does like like crosses. I can't do that. I can't cross my legs like he does. We we had like a workout competition. We would go to the gym because he's a workout fanatic. So he just taught me so much that um, I just to this day I just love him for it. Yeah. So I I know Tom came in saying I want to do a quick step. Um, and I'm sure you based a lot of what you were teaching him just around the fundamentals of the quick step. Mm -hmm. um, when you would start with any celebrity, would you start by saying, okay, we're just going to do the basics of each dance? Or would you try and say, here are general things we're going to use the whole time? Um, because of the time with Tom, I actually just dove into the dance. So mm -hmm. anytime we would get would start just right from the beginning. I worked, we would obviously work with our partnership because he had to be in a closed hole the whole time. So we'd work on some basic steps at the beginning, but the fact that he wasn't going to be, for instance, dancing, if I was say, I was like, hey, let's just start learning a cha-cha. Well, that wasn't going to be relevant to him. So we, we did both decided just to dive into the choreography and then tweak what we needed to. Once he understood, or I can make it more difficult, once he understood a certain step, then I would, um, and or if I had to simplify it, then I would. So we kind of just went right into it because that's really 
you, you can't really waste any time of trying to teach other steps that will not be used. Mm -hmm. So that's just how you use your time wisely is you just go into the choreography mm -hmm. and then they'll, they'll learn the steps as they go. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of touch on like the judges and like that aspect of the show. Cause I know there were a couple of times like with Joey, I can't remember which dance it was, but um, said something and you were like, there's different styles of I think Foxtrot was the one. Um, but just how do you, what was your relationship yep. like with the judges and did you feel like you were judged fairly and just, just talk us through that relationship. Um, so the first season was really difficult when I would look at the judges because only Len knew. Yeah. And when Bruno and Carrie Ann would start talking and that's when I was like, no, you do your homework. You're actually learning ballroom on the spot where you didn't even know this. Yes, you're in the dance entertainment, but you're judging a ballroom competition. So when they would come and give us critiques, like I would, I respect them in the fact of knowing how to judge entertainment, a performance, a movement, they knew that. But when it came to the actual technique, timing and style of the dance, they, they were learning it there. So it was more difficult at the beginning to, I mean, I respect them as humans, but the fact when they would question like, hey, that was not, you know, a foxtrot and no, there's, there's a difference between an open and a closed foxtrot an American smooth foxtrot. And they allowed us to have a little bit more freedom with that at the beginning. And like, I think I said, like, if you do, like I, that moment I was bickering back with them, Joey was literally like squeezing my arm, like, oh no, you just made Ashley like that moment I see red sometimes, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take uh -huh. the fact that they were just saying some nonsense things and no one was calling him out on it. And I know it was a live TV show, but, but come on, you're making us as professionals look bad. You make us look like we don't know what we're doing, but in fact, it's just the opposite, mm -hmm. right? Len though, I really respected Len because he was highly respected in the dance ballroom world. He knew his stuff in and out. So when he would give us critiques, we really, really did take it to heart. It was a little more difficult with the other two, um, but that's a hard job to do, to stand there and to critique people and to sound, it sounds really dumb, but to sound intelligent and not just saying a few words, that's hard to do. I, I've been in their position where I've had like mock things where people do like dancing and they'll be like, you're going to come and judge. Can you say, sometimes at the top of my head, I can't do what they were doing. So they were really made to be those judges on the spot. It's just as they were doing as many, you know, seasons of dancing, they then actually really started learning. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the difference between what and what. Oh, but at the beginning when they didn't, I'm like, I'll call you out. And then at the end, the producers were like, well, they loved it. And they're like, but, but don't, don't make them look a little too. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't do that. You know, yeah. it's, it's a live life for me. It's not just, I know it's entertainment for people, but it's my life that, <laughs> you know, is, is on the TV screen and, and it's not pretend or make believe mm -hmm. it's, it's real life. It's the real reality of it. And at that moment, I feel like I kind of made that happen. I burst this bubble of, Oh no, you, you're not allowed to talk back to the judges. And I have this little spitfire in me. That's like, <laughs> you say something, I'll come back at you. But you know, 
and I love them all. Like that's just their personalities. And even at the end, I know one of the episodes, Bruno came up to me and he's like, I'm not meaning to be harsh in any way. And I knew that because, but you know, it is a television show. They have to get ratings. There has to be some drama. There has to be whatever they need to do that magic to create the show so it can keep going. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for the producers, they just expected you to be America's sweetheart and to have a little spitfire ratings gold. (laughs) They're like, oh, Ash, we didn't know that you could. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I can. I just, you got to push a certain button. And when I can't, you put me in a corner, I'm not going to just stand for it. I'll stand up for myself and for Joey. Because it's not Joey's fault. It's on the teacher. So when they're ripping apart the celebrity, they're just, they're just learning what the teacher is telling them. Mm-hmm. And let alone, they don't even know half the steps they're doing. They're just doing what they're told, you know? So it's on us. It's, it's our responsibility. So sometimes and they're like attacking them. I'm like, that's not right. That has all, everything to do with the professional. And they it won't was, say that. It was really interesting going back to the first season and listening to the judges explicitly say, like, I think it was with Jonathan Roberts. They were like, he is the best of this kind of dance and he, you should be seen. It, they don't do that in the later seasons. In the later seasons, they're not critiquing the professional dancer as much. Yeah. Um, so it's been interesting to watch that as it's changed throughout the seasons. But mm-hmm. I wondered, um, do you choreograph your dances more for the judge I mean obviously you want to get a good score but is it more for the judges or are you like I want to put out something that's entertaining for America because I think back to one of your dances with Joey it was the first time props were used on the show I don't even know what dance that is (laughs) (laughs) it was the one oh you got mad at the judges for it Chris it was the girls and dolls one yeah the guys and dolls um uh like yeah, there were. Foster? It might have been. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um. So, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you choreograph more for the judges or more for America's I voters? I think I have them both in mind. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I want to make sure though that my celebrity is learning also proper technique and the proper dance style because there's a lot of things out there where they'll put a lot of fluff like nowadays some of the professionals who don't even know their stuff and they're on there they don't even know what a volta or a whisk is they don't know a lot of the technical terms and they're just doing it well for me i want my the people i teach to understand there is a proper way to do it and it keeps the integrity of the style of the dance mm-hmm. when you don't put so much fluff and fillers when you actually show them that they're learning ballroom there's a difference of just doing like the random tricks or a kick and a spin and everything where them actually dancing the actual proper style um so i would actually have both in mind most of it would be more towards the judges more lens so so he would see like proper timing proper steps um and then the other would be yes for the audience because we're there to entertain them and we want them to have a good time and by the time we're done dancing they're smiling or crying and 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 so it's a very fine line to kind of try to balance both of those at the same time and um and it kind of changed with every single dance it really did Um, 
so obviously after season three, when you danced with Lisa Rinna's husband, Harry Hamlin, um, you took a fairly significant break from the show. You got married, like lots of changes. And then you returned for season 10 with Buzz Aldrin. What was it like coming back? Did anything feel different? How did you feel different? Um, great question. Yes, I did take a great long break. I had two little boys in between that break. And in fact, when I came back for season 10, my son Enoch was only six months old. So I was still fairly like a new mom and trying to understand how to raise then two sons, not just one. Um, but the show like for me did change in the fact that I had a different eye than watching it. Now I'm a mother of boys that are watching it. I wanted um, them, I guess, to be proud to see how well their mom has done. So I came back with just, a, I guess, wiser than I was before, because I didn't know much of this life of being a wife and a mother. And, um, and let alone when I did come back and I had Buzz Aldrin, who is the oldest male ever on the show. Mm -hmm. um, he was one of the hardest workers I've ever had to work with, though just the opposite. He was the oldest, but man, he would come early, ready to dance, ready to like, we would have a certain amount of time set up and we would work until he had no more energy in him. And I mean, at the time he was 81 when we were doing this and this was 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. So now he's 92 and he's still going. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just had a lot more compassion, I guess. And I just knew that they they needed, they're like, not everybody can handle, we just needed you to, to do this part. And I was totally fine with it. I mean, I, I did learn a lot, but after that of, of dancing on season 10, I realized um, I don't really wanna raise my family here in LA. And I feel like I really wanna be more hands-on in the community, in the dance community, and not just on the screen. Mm -hmm. um, it's very different when you are these young dancers that are coming up and, and these very talented dancers. I wanted to be part of that process and not just stuck in LA teaching people who don't know how to dance. <laughs> so from that point, I, you know, I, I learned a lot, but then I also learned, okay, I think I'm ready to move on. Is there anybody from the show, you know, cast, contestants, um, obviously apart from your husband, that you keep in contact with? Oh, well, Louie consistently. So Louie, he even bought a house five minutes from mine in Utah. Like, so Louie is, is always part of my life and even his sons are like cousins to my my children. Um, I keep in touch, like Edita will write, and we're all like, we'll always be like, you know, if we ever see each other in real life, it's like time has never gone by. It's like we've always been there. And that's just how it is with, even when I see Val and Max, it's like, we're all just one big family. We do all like slowly keep in touch when it comes to any of my celebrities. Um, in fact, like Joey's wife, Joey McIntyre's wife, Barrett, she and I like 
we always comment on social media. We're back and forth, just more of like the pen pal kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, she's really the only one connecting that I have. Um, I did see Buzz Aldrin a couple of years ago when he came to Utah for Comic-Con and um, he and I were able to meet and um, what did we do at breakfast? So we, that moment, but then after that, my life has just been a little crazy. I mean, we moved from so many different places and, and it's a little bit more difficult. Social media kind of helps, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, that's pretty much like, we all just kind of had to move on and go forward. Um, the producers are wonderful though, because they're good friends with even my husband. He was one of the first camera guys that they actually hired to bring on the show. And um, so we're really still close to the producers of the show, but we just kind of, we don't, you know, mm -hmm. just life has just gotten crazy, especially with COVID. It's like heavens, people are all just, you know, do your own thing. That's, that's it. So. Mm -hmm. Do you keep up in, have you kept up in watching the show at all? Uh... That's a good question. I, honest truth. Um, no, we don't have local mm -hmm. TV here. My family and I don't. Um, I will see snippets of what they would post on social media. I kind of just, having older boys, I don't want my sons to watch. I know that sounds horrible, but, and it's part of it, but I also feel like the integrity of the show wasn't as strong as it used to be when it started. Mm -hmm when they stuck specifically to ballroom, which is the true art form of what the show is about, I felt like it was a much more family oriented show than it is right now. Now it's, let's try to keep up with all these other dance shows and state of the art. And they're taking out the true form and passion of why we dance instead of putting all these new little fluffs and electronics and gimmicks that come in these pieces, which does not help the dancing in any way, right? Um, so I don't to watch, but I just hear say from everyone who does. Like if I run into people like, oh, but are you following? Do you know who's doing what? And I literally don't even know. Like, I just know like sometimes who's on because when Jenna's on, I will hear because her sister is my, her older sister is my best friend. So I'll hear things through the grapevine of what is going on, but I kind of just choose to just not. <laughs> you guess. are you are preaching to the choir on some of these yes. okay, non-ballroom things. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of really did change the integrity of the show when they were mm -hmm. trying to make it So You Think You Can Dance. Mm -hmm. That's why So You Think made it work is because they can do that. And those dancers are trained to do that. And even the professionals, I would talk to Tony Dovolani and he um, he and I were talking one time when we were doing like a little show thing together. And he's like, why, you would even tell the producers, they would ask them, please don't make us do this. We're not trained in this. We didn't come from center stage where Derek did. Like he was well-trained in all forms. Mark also, even though Mark wasn't from my studio, he would come, his parents were my coaches. So he would come with his parents and he would train in the other dance forms while he was there. 
Um, the other older mature, like uh, not mature, we were all mature, but the older pros did not have that opportunity, mm -hmm. right? So they're now told go do a hip hop. Well, their hip hop isn't quite hip hop and their jazz is not cutting it. And then they would hire dancers who are jazz. Like I love Allison Holker. She, in fact, she was training with me when she got on the show and she would actually send me her videos and she's very like still learned. Like there was no, like I'm better than they. It's like, no, tell me what I need to work on, please. Tell me what I'm, cause she's not ballroom trained either. They hired her because of her other skills, but you can see the difference. Like when she would do her jazz, it was phenomenal, right? She had great showmanship. She knew she's so creative, so creative. But then when it came to the ballroom, you can kind of see the little things where it wasn't as refined as Karina. Because Karina, I mean, do you, do you see what I'm saying? So it's just oh, yeah. different. Um, and even the pros, like, don't think that they didn't have a voice. They were trying to tell him, like, please, like <laughs> Valve. And Valve was like, don't make me do contemporary. Don't. Don't make me try to do these styles that I feel uncomfortable of trying to do. Um, but then, you know, he married Jenna, who's well-trained from center mm -hmm. stage, can do it all. And so she's helped give him like that confidence of, hey, you can, you can go forth. And, and so it just, yeah. Allison is one that stands out. I remember in one of her seasons where you could tell how frustrated she was getting with the critique she was getting on her ballroom dances. And like, mm -hmm. I kind of think she was like a female Derek Huff where they brought her on and they were like, you know, push the boundaries and be creative. But then they were critiquing her for not being super technical. And so I, re I remember that very well and feeling frustrated for her. She was like, she would literally come. I remember when she came to train at center stage and she's like, Ashley, I don't know ballroom. So she and I would work hours together. And that was kind of like, after I got off on dancing, I became the go-to of training them to get on. <laughs> so they would come to me and they would send pros to me and say, hey, we want to know your opinion. Can they do this? Can they not? They were trying to get more guys and it was kind of more difficult. They had maybe like one guy that was more um, contemporary, not ballroom. But it also then is a slap in the face to the people in the ballroom world who worked their tails off to be like, at the time, you had to have an actual title to be on the show. You had to have something to back up the fact that you are good at what you do. And then it got to the point that it didn't. There were some, I'm not going to name names, but there are some dancers who were on the show that didn't even make a quarterfinal in any competition in ballroom. And then they got on the show. Right, so it was kind of like, okay, this is a little slightly different, but with, with Allison, she just would work nonstop. But that's where the other training, like growing up where I was properly trained, I then knew how to use my hips, how to use proper foot placement, leg action, the timing, how to sustain rhythm, where she now was thrown this in and say, okay, good luck, you have two weeks to try to conquer this. It doesn't come in two weeks. Mm -mm. Um, well, dancer though, she's so like versatile and um, amazing, an amazing choreographer. But yeah, you could see it. And and she knew it herself, like it was frustrating, but, but she still had the challenge of, okay, I will be a pro on the show and I will do it just 
as well as everybody else, even, and she would even work more hours because she had to. Mm -hmm. She was still trying to learn how to do everything else and she still was able to pull it off. So let's, I, I think we're gonna kind of wrap it up um, mm -hmm. here. So the producers of the show come to you and they're like, we will give you everything you want. You can work whatever hours you need as a mom of four, you can film wherever you want and you can pick any celebrity, any celebrity you want. Who would you choose? Oh man, who would I choose? Not Chris or I, we're off the table. And you don't have to feel obligated to choose <laughs> Romeo. Not either one of you. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I really don't even know because I'm so removed from that whole world mm -hmm. that even if they did approach me, I would still say no. I would say I wouldn't do it. So that's a question. Like if I could, who do I want to be? Hmm. Did you even have a dream partner at the time that you were like, oh, I hope I'm getting this person this year? Um, I mean, I think everyone would say Brad Pitt. If they <laughs> you know? Or but um yeah, I just have never really sat and dreamed. I don't really have, I don't even know who I would even pick right now. <laughs> That's a very good question. I probably should think about that, but I'm sorry. I wish I'd had like, oh, I would go to so-and-so. I just wouldn't. It would either be like my husband on the show with me and he would learn. He's a very creative person. In fact, it, with Master P, I would actually teach him the routines um when he wouldn't show sometimes he would just come in and i would teach my husband like them because i was like okay if mike can do it then master p can do it so i would go through those but my goodness i don't really i don't really know i mean i would have my friend travis wall if i can have anybody he he and i work together on this dance convention called nuvo so that's like what i've been doing and so Allison Holker works on 24 seven, which is still part of the family of, it's like break the floor production. So she and, and her husband work for 24 and I work for Nuvo. And, and Travis works with me. And I know actually he was, he's, there are times that he was going to be on the show, just things didn't work, but I would have him because then we could totally kill it. <laughs> we would. She's that mirror ball trophy. Yes, we finally get it. Oh my goodness. I gave, I just realized, you know what, that's not always going to be in my future. The fact that the, I actually got the trophy when I married my husband, like I got the best part of the show from day one. So, so I already won. I didn't need any trophy to, to prove that to everybody. But um, before we go, is there anything you'd like to plug? Where can people find you on the social needs? Oh, yeah. Um, Sure, uh, you can find me on social media. I am on Instagram a little bit more than Facebook. I, um, if they're wanting to learn and there's basics, I actually have a Patreon page that they can subscribe to. And I have how-to videos and um, combos that you don't need to have with a partner. So all of this is partnerless, especially like with COVID right now. And they're mm -hmm. like, can't touch anybody. Um, I actually have these videos that have been very helpful for dancers who are wanting to start ballroom when they're trained in other dance forms um, and or just people who just want to learn. So they're kind of how-tos, basics, just 
just combos that you can. So that's a Patreon. I think there's a link on my Instagram page um, in my bio. So that's how they can find me, just Ashley Costa. And, and that's about it. Other than, yeah, I think that's it. So that's it in a nutshell. But you two are awesome. I love your energy, both of you. You're excellent, like interviewers. Like that was my husband's major skill. That's why I fell in love with him. I was like, wait, you make me feel so comfortable when you interview me. And it was just such good, like, I don't know. So you two are brilliant. So thank you for reaching oh. out to me. I appreciate it. It means so much. You're going to get off the call. I'm probably going to start crying. You are <laughs> phenomenal. We adore you. you and you are now our best friend. Oh, good. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me know if there's anything else. Just reach on out. And um, you both have a great Sunday. It was so nice. Oh, thank you. May not be you well. We shouldn't have said that because it'll probably be whenever day. But <laughs> And now, for real, you are not just America's sweetheart. You are the sweetheart of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so very much. I loved it. It was really fun. Oh, so, thank okay. you so much for giving us this hour and enjoy the rest of your day. Yes. Thank you. You guys, too. We'll see you later. Bye. 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 <laughs> wow what an interview <laughs> guys i am my jaw was on the floor i had chills all over my body i have a new best friend i'm so sorry megan ashley has replaced you katie you are always gonna leave these interviews verklempt aren't you <laughs> If I ever leave an interview not on the verge of tears, what were we doing? <laughs> Obviously, we would we need to thank Ashley for her time, for <laughs> the stories. I mean, what an incredible person she is. We continue to stand. We will always be her biggest fans. We adore her. If you liked what you heard go ahead and rate us leave a nice comment you can fight me over becoming ashley's new best friend and you can always get in touch with us you can find us on twitter at jmp pod or you can find us on facebook at just meaningful plastic still don't have an instagram maybe we will by now who knows we're recording this early, so we might have an Instagram. Until then, stay tuned. Katie, I just, I love her. I never want to end this episode, even though she's no. not here with us anymore. Let's just keep it going. Let's just never let the listeners stop. Let's make this a 24-hour podcast. But from here on out, it's just silence as you and I go on continuing to live our lives. Do you think Ashley would call back at any time? I hope. I can only hope. Until then, Katie, I love you and I like you. Chris, I hear you and I see you. And until next time, please... Stay tuned in this never-ending podcast where Ashley might come back. Bye.